time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. All right, so if you have your Bibles, we're going straight to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, starting at verse 2. I don't have a whole lot of time. I just want to give you a couple of points that I believe that are so relevant to where every single one of us are. This will be mostly geared towards those of you who are at conference, but even if you were not going into these next four weeks over the summer, I believe that there's a word that God wants to speak to you that's completely relevant about where you are. So here we go. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. And one last thing I forgot to do. If you were part of the vow experience, stand to your feet really quickly. That's so many of you. Hey, will you give it up for these guys? Come on. Come on, a little bit better than that. It was so powerful. So, so powerful. So going on, take your seats. All of my Vow Experience team, thank you guys so much for the hard work. Also, our opening experience, where our opener's at. Come on, our little karate kids and dancers and actors. That's great. Okay, so go on and take your seat. So we just appreciate you guys so much. You really are the behind-the-scenes life force of desperation, and we're so thankful for the hours of practices, Very a whole lot of them. Uh, thanks a lot, really. We appreciate it, and it went over so, so well. Um, Mark chapter 9, starting at verse 2. Here we go. Verse 2, it says, Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. Everybody say, Peter, James, and John. And led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched Jesus, as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed. And his clothes became, the gospel writer Mark tells us, dazzling white. Far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Verse 5 says, Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. This is awesome. Let's make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses. He said this because he really didn't know what else to say. Anybody ever known people like that? They just kind of, they don't know what else to say. Or anybody ever been in that position where you you didn't really know what to say, so you just kind of started talking? Yeah, side note, I was walking through the uh, World Prayer Center on the first day of conference, and we were about to... um, we were about to have a meeting with, with some of our staff. And so as we're walking, I just see uh, Pastor Caleb Culver walking, and then out walks Mike Bickle, and then Missy Edwards. Now, you have to understand, Mike Bickle has been a spiritual hero to me for years and years and years. And so I rarely get maybe starstruck or intimidated or whatever. And so I just sit, I'm like, hey, and I just kind of sit there. And he's like, hey, how you doing? You know, whatever. And Mr. Edwards is there. I'm like, hey, girl. You know, and so, no. And so I'm just like, hi. And he was like, I literally just said your name, you know, about the youth ministry here, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting there like, hey. And then I just start talking. I don't even remember what I said, 
but it was the stupidest thing probably on earth. And I remember walking away from that conversation thinking, well, anything he thought about you, he is just deleted from his, <laughs> all the good competency that he had chalked up to you. And, and so I just started talking. It was just one of those moments. Peter was having this kind of moment. He goes up to a mountain with James and John and his hero, his rabbi, his teacher. And all of a sudden, two dead prophets just appear. Jesus is transformed. He's transfigured. He changes into something that Peter had never seen before. And all of a sudden, he just starts talking. Uh, 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 Let's make a tent, tabernacle, depending on your translation. And... uh, Let's just hang out here. <laughs> okay, now look. He really know what to say because he was terrified. Verse 7, then a cloud overshadowed them. Now, if this wasn't epic enough, there comes a cloud out of nowhere. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Verse 8 says, suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. <clears throat> Sometime later, oh, sorry, that's it. Uh, and, and so Elijah and gone. So in a moment, in one second, they see Elijah and Moses. They appear. Jesus transforms, and a cloud comes. Peter says whatever. A cloud comes. Elijah and Moses vanish. Only Jesus is left with them. That's the end of verse Eight. I want to talk to you guys tonight, just for a few minutes here, really, uh, on this thought, and everybody just say it after I do, refuse to cruise. Everybody say it. Refuse to cruise. Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you so much for your word tonight, and I thank you for these, your amazing sons and daughters, and those who have, not, who have not yet given you their hearts and given you their lives and surrendered to you, I pray that even by the end of the preached word of God tonight, Lord, that revelation would enter their hearts, God, and they would see you for who you are, which is a very good father, which is a very good God. Jesus, come and honor your word tonight. In your name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Refuse, refuse to, refuse to cruise. This is an epic moment in Scripture. This whole account is called the, 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 the account on top of, and we just simply call this the Mount of Transfiguration. So we have Jesus here. Jesus was always rolling around with his homies, his cronies, his inner circle, his, his peeps. It's, his, it's, it's the 12th. And, 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 and all the time that he spent with them. But then there were select moments whenever he really had some secrets to share. And he really had some kind of deep thoughts or, or revelation Some deep thoughts, which I know is not being shared right now. Some deep thoughts and revelation. He would pull Peter, James, and John. And he almost kind of say, like, you're the ones. I mean, yes, I love all my disciples. But these three, I I have some secrets that I want to, that I want to disclose to you. And so he takes, this is one of those epic moments where he takes Peter, James, and John, his inner, inner circle. And he takes them up a mountain. When they get to the top of the mountain... They see two prophets, and these two prophets were recognizable. These two prophets were the chief kind of prophets in the Old Testament. We have Elijah, 
who is known throughout Scripture and known in all of Israel as the great prophet of Yahweh. This is Elijah who slew and, and, and who, who literally called down fire from heaven. This is Elijah who in, one, who in one moment did so many miracles over the course of his life and then passed on his anointing or his mantle to Elisha. Elijah raising people from the dead before Jesus came on the scene. This is Elijah who carried the power and the fire of God. And then there was Moses, the the great lawgiver. It was Moses, the prophet, who went up on the mountain and got literally interfaced with the uncreated God and had conversations with him and was called the friend of God and comes down with the Ten Commandments, the Ten ten Commandments that are written on stone tablets. You're going to want to end your conversation right here because you're distracting me. That'll be the last thing you say to each other, okay? Okay? Perfect. See what happens when I just get distracted, okay? You're awesome. So it was Moses who came down who had wrote all ten of those commandments. These were epic people for Israel. These were epic Jews. And so Peter, in a moment of revelation, in a moment of complete awe and wonder and also terror, comes to this conclusion. When I have a mountaintop experience, we just need to stay here. Let's just stay. I want you to stay. I want to stay here. And it's interesting because as we read in the text, after Peter says it, it's kind of like God, Jesus, the Trinity, everybody there didn't really care what he had to, what he had to say. Because Peter makes a statement in the very next verse as if he didn't say anything at all. As if he didn't say anything at all, the Bible just says, then a cloud overshadows them and God starts talking. God starts talking. See, it's a natural response many times whenever we have mountaintop experiences with God to just want to stay there, to build a memorial, and to say, look at what God did. Wasn't that amazing? I just want to stay and the concern is, as we see God's response, I believe it's revealed even in his silence, almost to the point of just completely ignoring what Peter had to say. But let's listen to what God's statement was, because that's the most important thing. Peter says, let's build three memorials. One, let's build three tents as a memorial. One for you, Jesus, because you're amazing. And one for you, Elijah. I mean, I've read the stories. And one for you, Moses. I know everything that was written in the Torah because I'm a good Jew. And God says this. This is my son. Listen to him. Listen to him. And as I was just kind of studying this, It's so cool because as I was thinking about the connection here, whenever we have mountaintop experiences, those moments with God where it was undeniable, even here on a Wednesday night, but more specifically, times like conference or Coram Deo or missions or just epic moments in a prayer meeting or epic moments here in worship, our natural, normal, default response, the majority of us is, God, this is amazing. Let's just sit and remember and reminisce and say that was so great. 
and it's wrong, and it's incorrect, and it's immature, and it's not God's will because there is always more. See, that spirit is counter to a spirit that says, but God, I know that there is more. Do you guys get that? And so, and so the same is true for, for, for Peter. So, so what you can be encouraged by, gosh, some of the same Peters that the, some of the same struggles that, that the great Peter had, I, I'm, I kind of, yeah, I'm, yeah, put me in the same boat as Peter. Well, put me in the same boat as Peter. Peter walked on water. Peter preached at Pentecost. Peter literally walked in the miraculous supernatural power of God. And so what that tells me is, yeah, we're only human, but there's greatness on the inside of us. If we'll listen to the instructions of God. And so while Peter's so busy saying, let's just camp out. Let's just talk about what God did. Let's just sit here because in this moment, I just want to, I just want to last forever. And listen to what God says. This is my son. Listen to him. It's almost like God was saying, hey, look, 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 look. I need you to refuse to cruise. I need to refuse to stick it into cruise because what happens is even over the next several weeks of summer, there's just it's summer just has a way of just like, you know, it's just summer, summer, summertime, you know, and or yes, um, that's wow. Years and years ago. Um, so 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 the, to get into the mode of summer that just says, hey, I'm just going to I'm just going to pop it in cruise control. I'm just going to hang out. I'm just going to have fun, which we're not opposed to any of those things. My God, Desperation Band just wrote a song called Fun. We're having fun. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. And so we believe in it all. I'm going to have tons of fun. I'm going to watch movies. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go swimming. I'm going to, all those different things that we like to do. I'm just saying in the midst of it, don't stick your spiritual growth on cruise control because you're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. For those of you who've been around for a little while, a very first message, very, very first message at the beginning of this year uh, talked about this idea. I think it was 5,700, however many hours. Oh, we remember 8,000, what? 8,035 hours from now. 8,035 hours from now. And I'm here to tell you, here we are. 8,035 hours from our very first DSM service of the school year in 2013. And we talked a lot that night about getting to this moment. And some of us would have some regrets. Some of us would be in the same place spiritually, not gaining any traction at all in God. We talked about some of us, and I know this to be many of your stories, who have prospered, who have done hard work being disciple, connecting in small groups, connecting in Samuel's call, being here on Wednesday nights, reading your Bible, having quiet time, attending prayer meetings, getting in the presence of God. And some of you can look back and say, gosh, see, for some of you are saying, dang, that was 8,035 hours ago. Look at who you are today. And who you were at the beginning of this school year. And some of you, honestly, I couldn't be prouder as a youth pastor. I couldn't have asked you for more. There's literally nothing more you could have done in terms of contributing to your spiritual growth and going deep in God. And some of you, we just still praying for. I love all of you, but some of you, it's like, are you kidding me? 
Like, aren't you going to get tired of this endless cycle of spiritual lethargy and, ap- uh, and apathy and, and just kind of sitting there and going from one bondage to the next and one sexual immorality spirit to the next and one boyfriend to the next and one girlfriend to the Really? Really? 8,035 hours ago. That's what we talked about. So, I haven't done the math, but let me just say, four weeks from now, where are you going to be in your spiritual journey? Where are you going to be whenever we resume on August the 20th, on Wednesday night, August the 17th for Sunday morning junior high? Junior high resumes first and then Wednesday night. Where are you going to be? Because if you push pause, what happens is you don't stay where you are. You drift. You slowly but surely drift. It's like sitting on a boat in the ocean. You will drift unless you're going forward. Cruise control will not get you anywhere in the kingdom of God. It's only those who are possessed, as Banning was saying at conference, with a clear word from the Lord. This is who God has called me to be. He has called me to greatness. You guys get this tonight? Oh, I know this isn't like hypey, exciting, whatever. This is the week after conference. This is the week after you kind of climb down from, that, from, from the mountain and say, okay, we've got to live life. We've got to live. Gary Job ain't going to be bouncing around in your bedroom saying, you know, uh, for, forever he is glorified. You know, it's, that's just not how it works. I mean, hello. You, so you got to get to the presence of God for yourself. We're not going to be gathering on Wednesday nights. My God, dare I say, maybe you just kind of spend some time even like on a Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Like gather some of your friends and just say, hey, we just want to worship Jesus together. We don't want to. We don't want to wait till DSM resumes. We'll just we'll worship ourselves. We'll help ourselves with the presence of God. Oh, come on! These are radical things, and half of you. Oh, well, 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 you just don't even get it. See, some of us are really hungry, and it's not just a game. It's not just an emotional high. Something has grabbed hold of our hearts that says, "Jesus, we've encountered you, and now we want more." One of the greatest quotes I recently came across is, "Whenever you've been in fire." You'll never be satisfied with smoke. Whenever you're born in the fire, you'll never be satisfied with smoke. You're like, get that smoke. I want the fire of God's presence. And I have to have it burning in my heart. How's this for a post-conference message? (laughs) The same zeal, the same heart, the same the, 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 the same message, the same idea. This isn't a game. We don't just kind of put on a face whenever 6,500 students are here from across the country. This is, this is life. This is who we are. This is what we do, whether it's two, three, four hundred, or thousands. God calls us to live in desperate pursuit of him, whether there's DSM going on or not, whether there's a band on the stage or not, whether you feel it or not. And so what God says to Peter is what God say, is saying to us tonight. This is so interesting because here's what God says in the Greek. It's uh, the word uh, akuo. Uh, it's translated listen. Uh, the verb, uh, the tense, and the mood is present, active, imperative. We have a few DLA students who have taken Greek before. That should be very impressive to you. Um, the rest of you are like, oh, that's cute. Okay, so but what you don't understand, what you don't understand is 
anytime we can't translate some words in our English language uh, with maybe one or two words, it's not a direct, so we kind of interpret sometimes. And so what the present active imperative is saying is whenever God speaks, he says it's present active, which means it's occurring now, but it is expected to continue to occur it's it's continual it's it's continual action and then the mood is imperative which is not a suggestion not a thought not a debate or a discussion or a negotiation it is this is what i want you to do no questions asked this is my expectation of you and it's one thing for man to say victor this is what i want from you this is the bar this is what i'm requiring of you it's a whole nother thing for the god of the ages the uncreated god to say victor this is what i am calling you to do i have full expectations you're going to and so it's with that thought that the god of the universe says after peter says let's build memorials this is what this is my son in whom I am well pleased. My son who I love, here's my instruction. Be in a continuous state. Even now as you are hearing him, continue to listen to him. And the word akuo, listen, in the Greek is not just listen, like, oh, how cute. Let me put on headphones and kind of chill out, lay across my bed and turn on music and I'm going to listen. No! Listen is to actively become engaged in making sure you can hear what he's saying. Wow. It's one word. Listen. You are now listening to him. So even in that, God was saying, echoing Jesus's words, I and my father are one. Even as God was speaking, he says, you're hearing him now, but I want you to continue hearing him for the rest of your life. Woo. Yeah, that's good. You can clap. Come on. Thank you, Ben. I preach better when Ben's amening me. He's awesome. I love you, Ben. So the idea is continue being in the state of listening to Jesus as you are hearing him right now through the preach word of God. How do you do that? Silencing yourself, being in the state of saying, God, what do you want to say to me today? Oh, I know that you're speaking. It is never an issue of whether heaven is speaking to us. It's always an issue of whether or not we'll take the time to actually listen. Listen to the song here in my heart. All right. So, so listen, listening to him. And that has everything to do with having a decent, quiet time. And just saying, Lord, there's not thousands of people around here. There's no lights. There's no smoke. There's no great singer is just me it's just me i'm showing up but i want to listen i have a heart that's inclined towards you jesus what do you have to say to me today you see let's just be real the friday um friday after conference even with me i was like oh lord no 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 the saturday uh which day after conference ended dla was here god bless their hearts some of our staff was here. I stayed here until our conference director, Stefan, drove off campus. It was about 145, 150 or so. Got home. I mean, had to take showers because of crazy things that we did afterwards. And, and, and so getting to bed, 3.30, 4 o'clock, sleeping, 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 sleeping. And then getting up that next day, and I just felt this tug saying, okay, how are you going to live it out? Because for me, I could have easily just said, Lord, I'm so tired. A quiet time. What? I didn't have several quiet times. I have had a quiet time all through conference. I've been quiet. You know what? Are you done spoken up? No, 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 no. But it was this thing in me that just said, 
I want to be with you, Jesus, as a statement. I don't even feel like reading my Bible. I do not feel like praying. I want to sit down. I want to watch 24 because I missed the episode and I, the struggle. And I want, (laughs) can I just be real? I want to, I mean, I want, there's a couple episodes of that. It's whatever. And it was this thing inside of me that said, but Brandon, to make a statement to the kingdom of hell, does my heart still belongs to him? Whether I'm on a stage in front of thousands or surrounded by people from across the country, this is about me and you. It started with me and you. It will end with he and I. Do you guys get this? So, so I'm just saying the struggle is real, okay? But, but you've got to choose to say, you know, no matter what I feel, Lord, I'm just going to open up my Bible. I'm going to have time with you. Because I've realized, come to this conclusion, that I need you. I can't function without you. I can't move without you. In you, I live and breathe and move and have my being. So are you guys there yet? See, I want to encourage you to refuse to cruise. Especially over these, I mean for the rest of your life, but especially over these next four weeks. It's easy to say, oh, well, there's no DSM tonight. Get your butt up and go to church Sunday morning. I ain't gonna get no amens. I'll amen myself. Woo, that's good. Love the church. Love the local gathering of believers. God didn't call you just to be weird and, and gather with, with, don't even get me started. So, so I'm just saying, so I'm just, I'm just saying, get, get up. Go to church, gather with the believers. This is, this, is, this is who we are. This is what we believe. I am built unashamedly. Some of you look surprised. Maybe I haven't said that in a long enough time. We are building the local church. We're building the, the kingdom of God. I'm here to build the local church. So 10 years from now, I want to see you on Sunday mornings in a church with your children, with your family, worshiping God, ushering, passing out papers, hugging people, whatever it is, cleaning the floor, out in the parking lot. This is who we are. So this comes as a shock to some of you. This is wonderful. I know what I need to preach on in the fall. So honestly, you guys, I need you to refuse. Just refuse to cruise. Refuse to just get in a mindset of just saying, hey, I'll just kind of hang out. And I'll live on yesterday's kind of high. And, uh, and everything's going to be just, it, it'll be fine. I'm telling you, it won't be fine. It's not going to be fine. It's not going to be fine. So tonight, I just want to challenge you not to build a memorial. I want the worship team to come. I want, I want to challenge you. And that we're kind of just, just one simple point tonight. Refuse to cruise. And number two, listen to him. Listen to what he has to say to you. Because he is an amazing God. And it still baffles me today that the uncreated God of the universe will want to take time to spend with me. That's still fascinating to me. It should be to you, too. It's pretty amazing. It's a big deal. And so how we respond to that will determine our level of revelation, our level of spiritual growth, our level of where we are in God. So again, 8,035 hours ago... Some of us are full of regret. I'm not here to bring you shame or condemnation tonight. If you're convicted, that's your business. That's the Holy Spirit's job. What I do want to speak to you is you can't change the past. 
You can 100% change the future by modifying your actions in the present. Oh, come on, somebody. Your past doesn't have to be your future. So maybe you just, maybe you just, you just bombed it. I mean, you couldn't have got any further away from God than you got this year. You just got into your sophomore year and just lost your mind. People started noticing you and you just kind of lost yourself. Or maybe it was your eighth grade year and, and you just started your ninth grade year and you just felt the pressure of, I just got to be something because, I mean, everybody wants to be something in ninth grade, eighth grade. To, that doesn't go away. I mean, so it's, but I'm here to tell you, it's not a night of regrets. And for those of you who did it well, it's not a night for you to say, wow, I'm awesome. Let's cruise. <laughs> I did amazing this year. <laughs> no. So we are what we are by the grace of God. Nothing more and nothing less. His grace on our lives. His grace empowering us. So I want you to make a decision tonight. I really want you to think about this. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I, I strongly, I would strongly, strongly suggest that you come to him even tonight and just say, Lord, I, I want you. I just, I want you. Because this is, this, what, I'm, what I've been about, this ain't working. And those of you who just kind of been lax days of court, just kind of going through the motions. I want you to make a decision tonight to say, you know what? For the 8,035 hours, my God, uh, four weeks, I can do that. Give me a little vision, Lord. And I can see myself coming back August the 20th stronger. I can see myself not showing up by myself because it's just too good what's happening. It's God's too good. So I got to bring at least two or three people. I mean... And what if that was our mentality? What if we really seize the kingdom of God for what it should be in our lives? I want you guys to think about that tonight. I want you to bow your heads right where you are. And if you say tonight, I have, I have been kind of, sort of, maybe even after conference, even for the last like four days, just kind of been cruising a little bit. And, uh, but, but I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not, I'm going to have quiet times with the Lord. And every day is the goal. I understand that I'll, I'll probably miss a day or two, but my goal in the direction of my heart is to have time with Jesus every single day where I say, Lord, you're my Lord, and I want you above everything else. But I've been cruising just a little bit, but tonight I'm refusing to go on that way. I refuse to do that. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet very quickly tonight because I want to just speak a prayer over you, and I want you to lead you in a prayer to the Lord. If you're standing, just lift up both of your hands. If you're seated, that means either you're not saved or you haven't been cruising. Hey, you are in it and you are pressing and you are spending time with Jesus daily and your heart is coming alive. And that doesn't mean you're happy, go lucky, emotional, but your heart is alive. It's alive in the things of God. That's beautiful. I want you to remain seated. Those of you who are standing, lift up both your hands to the Lord and just pray this prayer. Jesus. 
I refuse to go on cruise control. I repent for moments where I've ignored you. I'm so sorry. I choose you above all others. I return to my first love, to you, Jesus. You have my heart forever in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for these tonight, Lord, and I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would just mark hearts, even now, Lord, that you just draw and woo, Lord, beyond emotions, Jesus. God, I pray for even a plan right now as they think about it. This is where I'm going to spend time with Jesus, and if I have to drive to the World Prayer Center and just sit there because I just got to get away from home for a little bit, or if it's in a coffee shop, or in their basement, or outside, Jesus, wherever it is, God, I pray that you help them write out the vision, make it plain to them, even now, Lord God. Father, I thank you that they will not doubt in darkness, but you have spoken to them in light, even in this moment, Jesus, I thank you that you've Seal it upon their hearts, God. Lord, we want wholehearted devotion and fellowship of Jesus in our lives. Marked with spending time with God. Alone with you, Jesus. We bless you and we thank you. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. They've got a vision and a mission for their life.